Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Through that time, as you can imagine, we've watched fad diets and fitness crazes come and go. But when the fads have failed and the crazes died out and people just want something that works, they turn to Precision Nutrition for things like expert coaching, guided mentorship, and online support. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will help make the whole nutrition, fitness, and health process work for you. Ideally, you'll discover that eating, moving, and living well can be easy and enjoyable for now and into the future. So let's get started. Hi, this is Bryce from Precision Nutrition, and today I'm reading the article, Natural Treatments for the Most Common Medical Problems, The Lifestyle Advice That Helps Our Clients and Can Help You Too, by John Berardi and Spencer Nadolsky. Wondering about natural treatments for cholesterol, blood pressure, diabetes, autoimmune disease, thyroid? Lots of clients come to us after being diagnosed with something new and scary. We help them eat, exercise, and supplement to turn things around. Here's what JB and Spencer have to tell us. On the face of it, what we do at Precision Nutrition, helping people lose weight and look and feel their best, must seem like a lot of fun. In many ways it is. We help our clients work healthy eating and exercise into their lives in ways that work for them. And then 12 months later, I get to share their inspiring nutrition coaching stories, full of challenges, doubts, perseverance, and triumph, along with their amazing before and after shots. And I'll admit, those aspects are really exciting. But most of our clients come to us for a reason that's much more serious than wanting to look better. A vast majority of the people who sign up for our nutrition coaching programs are taking meds to treat a health problem. In fact, many are on multiple prescriptions and OTC drugs. Check out the following stats. 36% of men and 49% of women are taking at least one medication. 17% of men and 25% of women at least two medications. 8% of men and 12% of women at least three medications. And 4% of men, 5% of women at least four medications. And 4% of men and 3% of women five or more medications. And that amounts to 68% of our male clients taking medication and a 94% of the women taking medication. And of course, many of these clients are not cool with all this. They used to feel all right, but then they went to a doctor and got scary news, like having high cholesterol, type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, autoimmune disease, or a thyroid condition. And it's a turning point. Since a lot of these health problems don't have obvious symptoms, or don't have symptoms that you know how to trace until you're diagnosed, a lot of clients say it feels like going from healthy to unhealthy overnight. They don't want to be on meds for the rest of their lives. They want to feel and to be healthy again. They want control. And the good news? There's help, and often another path. Sure, I like helping people get into shape and improve their daily habits, but honestly, giving people the information accountability and support to address these types of health problems through nutrition and other lifestyle choices is far more exciting to me because this is the kind of stuff that truly changes or maybe even saves lives. That's why I called my friend Dr. Spencer Nodolsky. He's a board-certified obesity and family medicine physician as well as a certified PN Level 1 and Level 2 coach. 
Together we came up with guidelines for dealing with these health problems naturally. So let's take a look, beginning with the first health problem, high cholesterol. Cholesterol is a fat-like substance that has a lot of important roles in the body. In other words, we need it. But when you have too much cholesterol, the lipoproteins carrying it can get caught in the artery walls, combining calcium, fat, cellular waste, and fibrin, a material involved in blood clotting, to form the plaques that cause clogs. It's important to know that high cholesterol isn't just one thing. You could have high total cholesterol, high LDL bad cholesterol, and or high triglycerides, another measure of fat in the blood. So why is it high? Well, sometimes high cholesterol is genetic. Other times it's from eating too much saturated fat from animal foods and not enough plants. So here's what your diagnosis means. A basic cholesterol test usually includes a lipid profile and has a few key components. First, lipoprotein cholesterol. Lipoproteins transport cholesterol around the body. Basically imagine passengers riding an inner tube in a water ride. You get the idea. A typical test includes low-density lipoprotein cholesterol, LDL, in other words, bad cholesterol. In general, you want the number of these to be lower. And also high-density lipoprotein cholesterol, HDL, in other words, the good cholesterol. These bring cholesterol back to the liver for recycling and processing. Higher numbers here are usually good. Second, there are triglycerides. Another type of fat in the bloodstream, triglycerides are also linked to heart disease. They're stored in fat cells throughout the body. Usually you want these to be lower. And third, total cholesterol. This is the total level of cholesterol in your blood. Cholesterol tends to go up with age, but it doesn't have to. Many populations, especially in regions that still eat traditional diets, have good blood chemistry throughout their lives. And the good news? Research shows that lowering your cholesterol sooner rather than later can curb your risk of cardiovascular disease. And for more on understanding your lab tests, make sure to check out labtestsonline.com. All right, so what can you do about it? Statin drugs and other blood lipid-lowering chemicals are often seen as a quick fix. Yet these drugs can come with side effects, like memory loss, difficulty concentrating, lowered exercise tolerance, muscle pain, and even depression, which ironically make it pretty tough to prioritize lifestyle changes that could turn your health around. And while these meds may be needed in many cases, revamping your diet can be a powerful supplementary, or even alternative, to treatment. If your LDL cholesterol level is between 160 and 190, and you don't have heart disease, diabetes, or other risk factors, Dr. Nadolsky says, ask your doc about lifestyle changes you can make before going on meds. If your LDL level is above 190, most doctors will insist on a prescription, unless they can trace your levels to an obvious diet choice. For example, more than one of Dr. Nadolsky's patients have seen cholesterol go down when they rein in their bulletproof coffee habit. Using these lifestyle strategies can help you avoid meds or reduce the amount of time you're on them. There's also diet. When body fat goes down, cholesterol and especially triglycerides go down. So if you're overweight, consider changing your habits to get a healthy weight. Luckily, most people see benefits from even a little weight loss, perhaps just a few pounds. You don't have to become an underwear model to be healthy. Dr. Nodolsky says a diet based heavily on plants is a good bet. This will help you lower your saturated fat intake, which alone can help lower cholesterol. The biggest saturated fat culprits? processed foods, and animal products. It'll also help you get more vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, and healthy fats, which have their own positive effect. 
Now you don't have to give up on meat completely, just add some more plants. And some ways to get there? Add one serving of vegetables and or fruits to each meal. Look for colorful plants such as dark leafy greens, orange carrots, or purple berries, and add a handful or two to each meal. Also look for whole grain substitutes where possible. Think wild or brown rice instead of white, sprouted bread instead of white bread, or oats instead of your regular breakfast cereal. Adding these whole grains may lower your risk of clogged arteries by 30%. And you should also look to add a serving of legumes. Foods like beans, lentils, and chickpeas not only taste good, they're high in fiber, which binds to cholesterol in the digestive tract. And lastly, add nuts, seeds, fatty fish such as salmon, avocado, and olive oil. They contain healthy fats, which lower LDL and raise HDL, that good cholesterol. And if you have high triglycerides, try lowering your sugar intake. Since your liver uses sugar to make triglycerides, less sugar means less excess blood fat. And of course, there's exercise. Working out, especially a combo of cardio and resistance work, helps lower cholesterol by helping you lose body fat. Remember, less body fat equals less blood fat. Changing certain enzymes that can decrease your triglycerides and helping lower stress which also contributes to poor cholesterol profiles and cardiovascular disease. If possible, do a little something every day. Even a 20-minute walk after a meal can tidy up triglycerides. Work up to about 5 hours a week and try to do a mix of low and high-intensity activity, including weights, intervals, and low-intensity cardio. And all activity, whether in the gym or not, counts. Then there's also supplements. Each of the following supplements could independently play a role in helping manage cholesterol levels, which means you don't have to take all of them to see benefits. Of course, always talk to your doctor before taking supplements for a medical condition. Alright, our first one, fish oil. Omega-3 fatty acids from fish may lower triglycerides by as much as 30%. For the dosage, you take approximately 4 grams per day. Then there's berberine. This plant alkaloid may help lower cholesterol by upregulating LDL receptors on the liver, thereby decreasing the LDL in your bloodstream. For a dosage, try 500 milligrams two to three times a day. Then there's spirulina, a type of blue algae. Research shows that spirulina may help reduce LDL cholesterol and triglycerides by 10% and 24% respectively. The dosage, 4,500 milligrams per day. Next, red rice yeast extract. It contains the same ingredient found in statin drugs, so should be taken only under your doctor's supervision. Dosage, 600 to 1200 milligrams twice a day with food. Next, plant sterols and stanols. These may be effective at blocking cholesterol absorption. Dosage, 2 grams per day. And lastly, soluble fiber. It can help lower cholesterol by trapping cholesterol in the gut and reducing absorption. Dosage, 5 to 10 grams daily. And here's a real-life example for you. By the end of the Precision Nutrition program, one of our male clients, Ken, had his resting heart rate go from 96 beats per minute to 59. His blood pressure reading was 110 over 60. And after his cholesterol test, his doctor called him. Nobody your age is supposed to be this healthy, his doctor said. I need the information about this program so I can give it to my other patients. Alright, now let's move on to type 2 diabetes. In type 2 diabetes, there's a problem with insulin, a hormone secreted by the pancreas when blood sugar goes up, usually after a meal. Insulin resistance and or an appropriate insulin response can prevent glucose from being stored properly. This leads to chronic high blood sugar, hyperglycemia. 
Type 2 diabetes is characterized by obesity, especially fat in the abdominal cavity, cardiovascular disease, systemic inflammation, and muscles that don't store nutrients well. And here's what your diagnosis means. Type 2 diabetes dramatically increases the risk of premature death and disability. For example, at least 65% of people with diabetes die from some form of cardiovascular disease, like a heart attack or stroke. Diabetes is the leading cause of new cases of blindness among adults aged 20 to 74 years. And diabetes is the leading cause of kidney failure. So here's what you can do about it. Now, your doctor may have put you on one or more medications to stimulate insulin production, inhibit glucose production, or improve insulin sensitivity. Regardless of what med or meds you're on, lifestyle changes are the foundation of treating type 2 diabetes, beginning with diet. As Dr. Nodolsky tells us, any eating style that helps you lose weight is going to improve your blood sugar level. That's because when fat in the abdomen and surrounding your organs goes away, insulin resistance starts to go away too. There are lots of arguments for a moderate-carb, Mediterranean-style diet, which research shows can control blood sugar and reduce waist circumference better than other diets. That's because the diet reduces the processed sugars and starches that you're consuming, helping decrease blood sugar. It replaces saturated fat from foods like butter and red meat with healthy fats from fatty fish and olive oil. And it increases plant intake, which provides phytonutrients that may improve insulin sensitivity and fiber, which slows your sugar absorption. Working out also helps control type 2 diabetes by improving blood sugars and insulin sensitivity, especially high-intensity interval training, reducing body fat, improving cardiovascular function, and reducing stress. So work with your doctor on your exercise plan since diabetes affects how your body metabolizes energy. Considerations include what type of medications, when you take it, your blood sugar levels before exercise, and how your blood sugar responds during exercise, what you've eaten before exercising, and what type of exercise you're doing. There's also supplements. Now always talk with your doctor before taking supplements for a medical condition. For type 2 diabetes, consider berberine. This plant alkaloid may help type 2 diabetes by improving insulin sensitivity. The dosage? 500 milligrams, two to three times a day. And here's another real-life example for you from one of our Precision Nutrition clients. They tell us, I was diagnosed as pre-diabetic before I started Precision Nutrition coaching. I had pills to take, checkups, tests. It costs a lot of money, and I wasn't addressing the real problem. But now I haven't been to the doctor in over a year, except for one routine checkup. My doctor's amazed at the progress I've made. All right, now let's move on to high blood pressure. In the past, you hardly paid attention to these two numbers rattled off by the nurse at your doctor's office. Now, you've been told that your blood pressure is chronically high, and suddenly, you need to understand them. The top number, systolic, is the pressure in your arteries during a heartbeat. The bottom number, diastolic, is the pressure in your arteries while your heart is resting between beats. High blood pressure, or hypertension, is related to the stiffening of blood vessels in arteries and can be caused by a problem with your kidney's salt-balancing function, hormone imbalance, immune problems, genetics, being sedentary, excessive alcohol intake, excessive sodium intake, usually from processed foods, being overweight or obese, and stress. Now here's what your diagnosis means. Blood pressure has a significant effect on how healthy you can hope to be in the future. High blood pressure can put you at risk for all sorts of health problems. 
If the pressure damages the blood vessels in your eyes, you could end up blind. In your kidneys, you could end up on dialysis. In your heart, you could end up with a heart attack. In your brain, you could end up having a stroke or developing Alzheimer's. In your legs and arms, you could end up with peripheral vascular disease. So here's what you can do about it. Just like the 35-year-old man we mentioned earlier, if you address your blood pressure now, you cut your risk of related health problems and death substantially. So let's take a look beginning with diet. Here again, getting and staying at a healthy weight and body fat level is your goal. Fat cells produce substances that promote pressure-promoting inflammation throughout the blood vessels and heart. Some guidelines here? Add one serving of vegetables and or fruits to each meal. The more plants in your diet, the better. This will help you lower your sodium intake and also increase intake of nutrients like potassium and magnesium, which help lower blood pressure by improving vessel elasticity. Another guideline? Include healthy fats. Add a couple of portions of fatty fish per week. Consuming healthy fats is linked to lower blood pressure, likely because of the omega-3's influence on eicosanoid production, which helps control vessel dilation and platelet aggregation. Another guideline? Reduce processed foods. This is one of the easiest ways to lower your sodium or salt intake. Cutting sodium intake from 6,000 milligrams per day, and that's a typical intake in North America, to 2,300 milligrams or less can lower blood pressure 10 points without any other changes. Lastly, limit alcohol. About one drink a day, especially red wine, can lower blood pressure slightly, particularly in women. More than that can contribute to high blood pressure by promoting high triglycerides, blood fats, and weight gain. Now there's also exercise. Exercise helps you get and stay at a healthy body weight. It also helps your blood vessels stay elastic and your heart work more efficiently. Incorporate a mix of low-intensity cardio, high-intensity interval training, and resistance work. Weight training or other structured workouts, at least 5 hours of exercise per week, can be especially effective in helping to lower blood pressure. But be careful! Using the Valsalva maneuver can bump up your blood pressure during lifting, so opt for shorter sets with longer rests and watch your heart rate. And since stress can make high blood pressure worse, also consider recreational physical activities that de-stress you, such as walking or hiking outside. Now there's also supplements, and each of the following supplements could independently play a role in managing blood pressure, which means you don't have to take both of these to see benefits. And of course, always talk to your doctor before taking supplements for a medical condition. Okay, for supplements, magnesium. Supplementing may reduce blood pressure if you're deficient, so get tested first. Dosage, 400 milligrams per day. Next, coenzyme Q10. This antioxidant may help decrease blood pressure slightly. Dosage, 100 milligrams per day. And here's another real-life story for you from a precision nutrition client. My doctor was amazed at how quickly and completely I was able to lower my blood pressure, sugar, and cholesterol. Neither of us thought this would be possible without medication. Now we're both believers. Alright, let's move on to our next condition. Autoimmune disease. In autoimmune diseases, your immune system wrongly attacks healthy organs and tissues in your body. Experts don't know exactly what causes autoimmune diseases, but it's likely a combination of genetics and environmental factors. Autoimmune diseases are on the rise, now affecting 24 million people in the U.S. Common autoimmune diseases include rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, type 1 diabetes, inflammatory bowel disease, multiple sclerosis or MS, skin conditions such as eczema or psoriasis, 
and thyroid conditions like Graves' disease or Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And we'll talk more about thyroid conditions in a moment. While there are treatments for autoimmune problems, there aren't yet cures. Here's what your diagnosis means. With more than 80 types of autoimmune diseases, many of which share symptoms, it can be difficult for your doctor and stressful for you to pinpoint the problem. Common symptoms include fatigue, dizziness, low-grade fever, gastrointestinal problems, headache, fever, itchy skin, and redness and swelling. Treatment depends on the specific autoimmune disease you've been diagnosed with. While researchers haven't identified cures, these diseases can go into remission. So here's what you can do about it. If you've got an autoimmune disease, you may have noticed that you have good days and bad days. Sometimes the disease may flare up, often without warning. Sometimes it may calm down, and it can be hard to know why or what's causing the changes. And sufferers can feel powerless. So one way to help yourself feel more in control is with a symptom diary. This can help both you and your doctor identify patterns, such as whether particular foods, types of exercise, or other factors such as sleep, stress, or hormonal changes seem to affect symptoms. In particular, consider tracking what you eat and whether you notice any changes in symptoms. If you have a food sensitivity or intolerance, then your diet may be wreaking havoc on your gastrointestinal tract, damaging intestine cells and allowing food particles and other junk into your bloodstream. These types of triggers, perhaps innocuous to many other people, can worsen inflammation. Your body's immune response may rage against the perceived invaders. Now there's also diet. There's no one-size-fits-all best diet for autoimmune conditions. However, looking for food sensitivities and eliminating foods that seem to worsen your symptoms is a good start. If you'd like to explore this further, consider doing an elimination diet in which you eliminate whole categories of food for a few days, then reintroduce foods one by one, making note of any reactions you have. If you notice a reaction, consider eliminating the culprit food from your diet permanently. And of course, talk to your doctor. You can also ask your doctor about food allergy and sensitivity testing. The latter is still being studied, but the findings could still be illuminating, especially in conjunction with an elimination diet. And what about the paleo-style diet for autoimmune diseases that's getting all the attention these days? Well, Dr. Nadolsky says there's some evidence that the diet may help by reducing inflammation, but this is totally hypothesis-based at this point. Now, there's also exercise. Autoimmune symptoms like fatigue, weakness, aches and chronic pain can make it tough to get to the kitchen for your morning coffee, let alone the gym. But conversely, finding a way to work in low-impact exercise can help reduce symptoms significantly. Exercise can boost your energy, improve your mood, improve flexibility and mobility, release pain-targeting endorphins, reduce inflammation, and relieve depression and anxiety. So talk to your doctor about how to make exercise work for your specific autoimmune condition. And there's also supplements. As always, talk to your doctor before taking supplements for a medical condition. Some supplements for autoimmune diseases include vitamin D, which may modulate the immune system, especially in MS patients. For dosage, 1,000 to 2,000 international units per day and get tested for a more tailored dose. You can also try probiotics. These beneficial bacteria may help improve gut health, potentially reducing inflammation and autoimmune issues. Now the problem? There are so many different strains that it's hard to know which to take, the dosage or the efficacy. But there's no harm, Dr. Nodolsky says, in trying a few strains of bifidobacterium and lactobacillus. Dosage, 1 to 5 billion CFUs per day. 
And here's another real-life story. Precision Nutrition client David removed gluten, and sure enough, he started to feel better. Yes, it was tough to give up on breads and pastas and other starchy gluten-containing treats, but as it turns out, it was easier than he imagined to prepare wholesome, nutritious food that tastes great and doesn't stimulate his autoimmune response. Okay, now let's move on to our last condition, thyroid condition. The thyroid gland is one of the master controllers that regulates nearly every major metabolic function in the body. If you've been diagnosed with thyroid condition, your thyroid might be producing too much of the hormone, hypothyroidism, or too little, hypothyroidism. Thyroid disorders can be caused by iodine deficiency, but that's rare in affluent countries. Hyper or hypothyroidism most commonly arise from autoimmune problems, in which white blood cells and antibodies mistakenly attack the gland cells, causing damage and dysfunction. So here's what your diagnosis means. In hyperthyroidism, it's as if your body's motor is revving at high speed. Symptoms can include racing heart and palpitations, trouble sleeping, tremor and nervousness, weight loss, hair loss, muscle aches and weakness, diarrhea and overactive digestive system, sweating and trouble tolerating heat, and exophthalmos, the bulging of eyes. With hypothyroidism, the motor slows down. Symptoms can include unexplained weight gain, inability to lose weight even with a solid eating and exercise plan, tiredness, fatigue, and lethargy, depression and losing interest in normal activities, forgetfulness, dry hair and skin, puffy face, slow heart rate, intolerance to cold, constipation, brittle nails, muscle cramping, and changes in menstrual cycle. Now here's what you can do about it. Hypothyroidism is controlled with hormone replacement that's specific to the individual patient's needs. But correcting the thyroid imbalance doesn't produce weight loss overnight. If you have a thyroid issue, you'll still benefit from addressing nutrition, exercise, and lifestyle factors. So let's take a look at diet. If your thyroid problem is the result of iodine deficiency, which is rare in the developed world where most people use iodized salt, focusing on getting more iodine is key. Foods to focus on include iodized salt, fish, and seaweed. And ask your doctor if you should limit soy, which contains substances that can contribute to a goiter, excess tissue on the thyroid. Soy only seems to cause thyroid problems when iodine intake is low and soy intake is high. If their thyroid condition is autoimmune, an undetected food intolerance could be to blame. Scientists are still exploring the connection between food intolerance and autoimmune problems, but there's some evidence that gut dysfunction, aggravated by food intolerance, can trigger the inflammation that worsens some thyroid diseases. It's plausible, though not certain, that addressing food intolerances early before irreversible damage is done to the thyroid may help you avoid hypothyroidism. Talk to your doctor about food sensitivity testing and trying an elimination diet, which helps you identify food intolerances. And it's important not to eliminate foods before your doctor has the chance to test you for a disease such as celiac and intolerance to gluten. And there's also exercise. While regular exercise can help you improve some of the symptoms of thyroid conditions, get advice from your doctor before ramping up your routine. Since hyper and hypothyroidism mess with your metabolism, exercising before your condition is under control can be dangerous. With hyperthyroidism, where your metabolism is already revved up, working out can cause you to overheat and could even cause heart problems. With hypothyroidism, your heart rate is slowed, meaning exercise could be too much work for you at first. You could also consider supplements. And as we've always said, 
talk to your doctor before taking supplements for a medical condition. One supplement is probiotics. If your thyroid condition is rooted in autoimmune issues, these may help. Again, experts still don't know which strains or doses are most beneficial. There's no harm in giving it a shot, though. Try Bifidobacterium and Lactobacillus, Dr. Nodolsky says. Dosage, 1 to 5 billion CFUs per day. There's also iodine. Consider taking this if your thyroid problem is iodine-related. Make sure to ask your doctor for the proper dosage. And lastly, selenium. It's involved in the production of thyroid hormone. Dosage, 200 mcgs per day. And here's a final real-life story from one of our clients. She pauses for a moment, maybe thinking of all the obstacles she faced. Her age, the thyroid condition, the cancer, the move, the restaurant meals, the traveling, the loss of her sibling. She finally says, Really, there's no reason not to succeed at this. Precision nutrition coaching is so well thought out and so well designed. If I can do it, anybody can. All right, what to do next? Well, if you've gotten a scary medical diagnosis lately or struggled with some mild to moderate chronic health problems that are affecting your quality of life, you're not alone. We've seen literally thousands of clients with health problems, ranging from the most severe, such as terminal cancer, to small everyday annoyances, like chronic sinusitis or skin rashes. A new diagnosis is always a delicate dance, even before you start introducing meds and lifestyle changes. So here are some general guidelines for navigating it all in a way that works for your life and your health. Number one, don't go into the woods alone. Build a support team, the bigger the better. This can include doctors and other healthcare providers, pharmacists who can advise you on medication use, family and friends, nutrition coaches, fitness trainers, and other folks who can help you make lifestyle changes and discover what you can do, even with the potential limitations, counselors and therapists to help you deal with the mental and emotional consequences of health problems, and so forth. Depending on your diagnosis, there may be rehab programs available, such as cardiac rehab, to help you move through the early stages of treatment. And having a person with you at medical appointments can help you remember important information. After all, when we're anxious or overwhelmed with a new diagnosis, we may not remember or process things. Number two, choose your information sources carefully. With a fresh diagnosis or a puzzling set of symptoms, we often run to Dr. Google and the health blogger world for advice. We can end up feeling confused, overwhelmed, and considering weird options like an all-banana diet or tuning into the vibrations of the universe. Be a critical consumer. Look for scientific evidence and research. And ask your doctor or other healthcare providers what information sources they recommend. Demand credibility. Number three, work with your doctor and follow instructions. Don't self-diagnose or self-treat. If you've been prescribed meds, take them. Number four, if you change your diet or exercise or add any supplements, check with your doctor and or pharmacist. You may not be aware that even common, safe, over-the-counter drugs and supplements, such as a calcium supplement or even aspirin, could interact with your medications. Number five, that said, ask questions and advocate for yourself. Dr. Nodolsky admits, some doctors are quick to prescribe meds without giving you a chance to fully explore lifestyle changes. So be curious, ask questions. Could you hold off on meds or stop taking them while pursuing healthier habits? Explore this with your doctor. And again, don't stop taking meds without getting approval from your doctor. Number six, learn about your own body and health. Keep a symptom diary. Track changes from day to day. 
look for patterns. Map out your own unique physical landscape. In particular, many diseases get worse when we're stressed or when we eat foods that our bodies don't like. Bring this diary when you visit your doctor. This process can help both you and your doctor solve any health mysteries. You can also write down your doctor's instructions to help yourself remember. Number seven, check all medication side effects. Medicine, both prescription and over-the-counter, have powerful effects on metabolism, appetite and digestion, body composition, physical performance, and overall wellness. If you're struggling to get results with a solid health and fitness program, underlying health conditions and medication use might be playing a role. If you suspect this, talk to your doc and consider getting a nutrition coach. And lastly, number eight, if you work in health or fitness, consider learning more. Clients' results depend on your understanding of their underlying health issues, medications, symptoms, and motivations for changing their habits. Precision Nutrition's Level 1 Certification Program for Health and Fitness Professionals teaches you how to work with clients' special medical conditions, how to address medication use, and so much more. All right, this has been Bryce from Precision Nutrition reading today's article, Natural Treatments for the Most Common Medical Problems, the lifestyle advice that helps our clients and can help you too, by John Berardi and Spencer Nadolsky. You can read the article online yourself at precisionnutrition.com forward slash natural dash treatments dash four dash common dash medical dash problems. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. For more information about how to eat, move, and live better yourself, and for some awesome free nutrition and health resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.